from the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, well, very pleasant good morning to you. Hi there. This is Patrick Timpone, and you've got OneRadioNetwork.com. It's a beautiful morning here in the Texas Hill Country. I think it's the 29th of November, last day of uh, the month tomorrow. And it's a bit after 10 o'clock. You will meet Dr. Grayson Dart. I think you're going to enjoy him. He's got a lot of cool, fun things going on in his life. And if you'd like to learn more about uh, his uh, his ideas on how um, these little bodies work and how we can help ourselves heal from the inside, as we believe it happens. He also is a fasting guy, too. He doesn't look like he's fasted. He looks pretty good right now. So I guess he... So, so here is the phone number if you'd like to be on the show, 888-663-6386. Email patrick, oneradionetwork.com. It is, uh, as I said, the 29th. Steve Falconer, who probably invented the term tinfoil hat. Uh, this guy's out of control. I love talking to Steve. We have more fun. And uh, uh, pretty much everything, according to Steve, everything that they've told you is true is not true. And the more I look at... Uh, the earth plane, the more I believe Steve's right. Because I, every time I come up with something, it's, well, how that's not true. And then that brings us to our guest, who is also uh, a gentleman who came up, uh, as many have in the last oh, few years, that, you know, this whole virus thing is not true. And uh, I think that's how he must have connected with uh, Dr. Andrew Kaufman. And now he's doing some work with him. And he's on his own out there in Utah. And you're going to meet him right now. His name is Dr. Grayson Dart. He's an MD, and he's in St. George, Utah. Dr. Dart, a very pleasant good morning to you. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Patrick. Yes, sir. Out in the great state of Utah. Man, pretty country out there. (laughs) It is beautiful. Yeah, it's... uh I think it's going to be about 60 degrees today, so not bad Uh for the end of November. Uh Uh-huh. And how did you hook up with uh, Dr. Kaufman? Yeah, so um, I I was actually mentored by Dr. Tom Cowan oh. uh, during my residency. Oh. Oh, and um, yeah, kind of uh, through him, I was able to reach out to Dr. Kaufman and he and I just saw eye to eye and he was looking for somebody to mentor. And um, we've been working together now for you know quite a while and um, yeah, the very first meeting that we had, we just really kicked it off, and yeah. um, he enjoyed what I had to say. I enjoyed what he had to say. So we're we're tag teaming together and helping people through natural healing consultations. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. And you do most of your work now online in Utah with people around the world. That's right. 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 Yep, it's all online. Um, you know, no. You know, it's it's nice to see someone in person, but at the same time, um, this type of work it's not nece- it's not necessary um, totally because what we do is we help empower people to take their health under their own control, and we are just simply a guide to give them information to figure out what the root cause of their problem might be, and then to give them um, somewhat of a, a path forward and. At the end of the day, you know, it's like I'm I'm not really the healer. They are the healer. Yeah. Their body is the healer. And so we just help to empower them through information. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that uh, viewpoint because that's how it works, right? So you know that. Totally. <laughs> it always kind of, uh, well, I, I won't say that. But um, uh, 
So were you a show me the virus guy before you met Cowan? Or did he put, take you over you know, the edge of that one? <laughs> he, he, he helped to uh, unpack a lot of information. He, he took me on a, a little bit of a wild ride because I was definitely, a I believe in viruses. You know, at the time, I was a big believer in our own body to be able to combat a virus. But now, uh, you know, after all the information, after studying and looking into the research myself, mm -hmm. and man, it is very convoluted. It's very complex. But if you take it step by step, you realize that it's not it, it's not a microscopic boogeyman that's coming to attack you anymore. You know, it's it's our own body's way of healing and detoxifying and upgrading. Uh, that's what I believe a viral illness is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a big step too, I guess, when you go to medical school and you you get the V word, you know, for eight years or so. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a big. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's two V words because uh, if you believe in viruses, Vac then you believe you need vaccines. Oh, right? of course, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the holy grail of medicine. So, um, and and I was, you know, unfortunately, so I have I have four kids, and my oldest daughter. I didn't know any better. We just did the regular vaccine schedule. Did you? Um, and, um, you know, it's one of my biggest regrets now, but eventually, you know, now my younger kids, my two youngest daughters have had zero vaccines and they are extremely healthy. And luckily I've been able to help my oldest daughter to detox in, in a way to where she's experiencing vibrant health as well. But it took a while because those vaccines are so darn poisonous. It did. So you 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 had some experiences with her where she was having some hard times. And did she do the whole the whole regimen? You know, what are they like fifty or a crazy amount? Oh right? man, we did. You know, without really knowing anything, I was hesitant, and so we did a delayed schedule until she was the age of two, and then no vaccine since. Okay. And luckily, we've never given her an antibiotic or any other drug. Oh, really, yeah. she's probably going to um, do great, right? <laughs> the body's pretty resilient, but uh, it, as far as health problems are concerned, for a, a little while, she was definitely our sickest child, and, um, and sickest in the way meaning it's it's the body's way of trying to get rid of these heavy metals, these adjuvants. And you know, I looked into some of the ingredients of these vaccines, and one of them um, is on the OSHA list of toxic materials. You know, if if OSHA, hmm. you know, the Occupational it, Health yeah, um, Organization it, in America, it, it, if they're it, saying it, this it, is a, a hazardous material, how are we injecting this into our body? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Right. So then when you're a little one, so so people can get a kind of an idea, um, did, you, did you do the things like the ear aches and ear problems and oh, yeah. the, the typical kid stuff, Doc, where she went through? And so explain what your opinion now looking at it from a different viewpoint of what what was what the body was just trying to do get rid of that stuff it's simple as that i think that there that a lot of these childhood illnesses are well i think they're they're multiple fold but one of them is in a sense it's a purge it's a way of the body to eliminate mm -hmm. right if if it needs to eliminate toxic material whatever those toxins might be, whether they're heavy metals, plastics, endocrine disruptors, um, the body will find a way to eliminate them. And so 
whether that's diarrhea, you know, when you have a fever, it's much easier to eliminate, you know, lung material, stuff through the ears, pus. Um, you know, Dr. Cowan had a really good example. You know, if you have a sliver in your finger mm-hmm. and then suddenly there's pus there, it's not that there's bacteria that's infecting your finger. It's your body's way of trying to get rid of the toxin that's stuck in, in your finger, right? Right. And uh, that's that's one one viewpoint that I have that I've realized now. It's the way that the body tries to heal and upgrade itself. And then I think there's probably a deeper aspect too where as a child is growing and maturing, um, and it's upgrading to a new level of consciousness or just a stronger body in general. I think these childhood fevers and, and illnesses are ways that a child matures into an adult. Um, I think that there's probably a higher chance that you'll have more of them. They'll be more frequent and they'll be more intense the more toxic a child is. I mean, just seeing it within my own family too. Um, my, my child that was vaccinated versus the ones that weren't and seeing how their health has progressed. It's very, very interesting. And then also too, just during like my pediatric rotations, I saw children coming in a couple of weeks, even months after their vaccines that they were given and just the crazy illnesses they had, anything from rashes to um, ear infections to fevers. I mean, it's just the body's way of trying to eliminate the stuff that we injected into it. I mean, nature was never meant to have materials injected into the muscle, right? Isn't it fascinating how I have such compassion and think about the millions and millions and millions of moms around the world that go through this and they just think their kid is getting sick and they just don't know. Wow. I know. It's crazy. I know. It's it like is sad. Amazing, isn't it? It's it's crazy. It's and then, you know, knowledge is power too. It's it's. I'm not a big, big fan of scaring people. Right. But at the same time, you know, if... Uh, <laughs> You know, if we all lived in a village together and we all drank from the well and the well was poisoned, I would really appreciate somebody letting me know that there's poison in <laughs> the right. well, right? That's right. I don't, so uh, that's kind of my same philosophy when it comes to vaccines and prescription medications and then just all the garbage in our food. It's really, you know, the, the industrial revolution, the chemical revolution. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a conspiracy to poison us all or if it's just about money, but you just turn the corner and there's there's toxins everywhere. There's, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, it's crazy. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you know this, Patrick. Well, I, yeah, I, <laughs> With all your wisdom. I, you know, I don't know about wisdom, boy. That's a, that's a, that's a stretch, i tell you what. Um, <laughs> um, so, so then can we, can it be that simple that even every cold, flu, or anything when we call sick, is the body simply detoxing? I mean, is it is it that black and white kind of thing? You know, the more I look into this, the more I research, um, the more personal experience I get, I really do think it is that simple because the healthiest people I know of, even the ones that are that are aging, they don't get sick very often. They just don't. Right? They don't really have to purge anything. They don't have to have a fever or snot or mucus because there's nothing for the body to get rid of because they're so clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think that we convolute it a lot with research and medical research and the New England Journal of Medicine and <laughs> we try to explain how these things are happening when really it's just super duper simple. 
you know, maybe there's um, an aspect of malnutrition or dehydration um, or, or physical injury or psychological trauma too that we have to really consider. But at the end of the day, I really think that illnesses mostly are the ways that the body tries to detoxify itself. Uh, you know, you have a tremendous amount of autoimmune diseases nowadays. And what are those autoimmune diseases? I don't believe it's the body attacking itself. I simply think that it's maybe an excess toxicity and the body has no way of eliminating certain things. So toxins get stored in the nerve tissue. And next thing you know, you have multiple sclerosis or they get stored in the joints and you have rheumatoid arthritis, whatever the case might be. And when people go through a really deep detoxification process, these autoimmune diseases start to improve. And so I think it's just all about helping the body to do it in a way that's safe and effective, you know, truly safe and effective. Well, wow, that's well said. Uh, when, when did this whole autoimmune thing start? Maybe, what, 20 years ago? I don't know, something like that. And but, Yeah, you know, I actually have a graph um, that I share with people about the increase in autoimmune disease prevalence. And it was really, it started pretty much in the 1980s. Wow. You know, we didn't really see multiple sclerosis i mean i don't know if you grew up hearing about a lot of these no, autoimmune so diseases very not, much. nothing yeah and it's kind of the same thing with with cancer too you know like a hundred years ago the prevalence of cancer was about one percent hmm. of people nowadays it's roughly 30 percent so it's not it's not like someone's genes have changed within a hundred years right it's, they don't change I mean? that there's, quickly there's no way they, they don't change that quickly <laughs> right yeah. Oh, I grew up in the 50s, in grade school, I was in the 50s. And people didn't even go to a doctor. We, you never hear anybody talk about a doctor. We yeah. never went to the doctor. I mean, I didn't have a doctor. You know, it was... <laughs> well, you know, that one thing, too, that I try my best not to do is I, I try not to be super black and white. I do think there's been some advances when it comes to, like, trauma. You know, oh, let's say yeah. you get in a horrible car accident. Oh, yeah. Sure. Or you break a bone or, or something of that nature. I think that our acute care is really quite advanced. Yes, um, you know, I, you slice open your, your forehead. You know, we have really good ways of suturing that up. And I do think there is a place for modern medicine. And there's a certain population that modern medicine is for. But anybody who wants to take control of their health and optimize their health, that's not really what modern medicine is meant for. It's, yeah. it's really for people yeah. that cannot take care of themselves or are in a traumatic accident. That's when I would recommend like our emergency services. Um, otherwise, yeah. when it comes to chronic diseases, like we were talking about autoimmune disease, cancer, um, these metabolic disorders, modern medicine is horrible, you know, in America, especially. They just we, don't get we, it. We yeah. don't do a very good job. We do mention that from time to time and not throwing the baby out with the bathwater at a, at a uh, grand nephew, or I think that's what, what you'd call him. And this poor guy, he, he came out like with a, and they knew it when he was in utero, a half a heart kind of. Oh, wow. And they operated on him day one, day one, and saved this little guy's life. It took about... yeah. You know, so amazing stuff. Can you imagine operating on a little heart like that, you know? Oh, I know. It's crazy know. how beautiful these people are and the skills that they have. So, yeah, there's some cool stuff going on saving people. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, I would, I would also mention, too, you know, that you're right. We have some 
amazing technology nowadays. We do a really good job with certain things, like for instance, your grandnephew. Yeah. Um, but then I would also ask the question, maybe what led to him having a of heart course. defect in the first yeah. place? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe there is some some aspect of medicine that could have led to that. Not not necessarily. I, I really have no idea, but I do know that a lot of the malformations that happen in utero are due to a lot of the toxicity that we're exposed to, endocrine disruptors huh. and different poisons huh. that we just get exposed to on a daily and basis. It's then almost the things inevitable. just don't form right in utero. So then things happen. Do, do you think, um, I, I'm not talking about my niece any longer, let's just talk in general, but do you think in general any kind of issues in the womb, uh, even if we didn't have toxins, could be formed by uh, inappropriate diet? Do we even know? Is that a tough question? Even field? I mean, yeah. You know, there's there's the aspect of um, you know one one thing that they're really worried about is if you have enough folic acid, right? If you don't have enough folic acid, then you develop the spina bifida and some other neural tube defects. So there's like there's malnutrition definitely that can happen, um, and then just with our food too. I mean, the more processed it is, the more toxic it is too. And, you know, it, it depends on how well an animal was raised, um, how well the fruits and vegetables are raised, how whole foods are you really getting whole foods or not um, as far as nutrition is concerned. But then on top of that, if you are getting enough nutrition, how many preservatives are in the food, how many fake chemicals and fake flavorings and artificial colors you know, we really don't know exactly what these things are doing, but I, I do know that they probably are not good for a developing fetus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or a developing human, right? Totally. Well, I mean, just from 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 then on. Uh, Dr. Grayson Dart is with us. If you'd like to be on the show, you can call 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. So you're going to launch a website, I think, in the next few days. Um, called Lost Art of Fasting. Lost Art of Fasting. That's kind of fun. So when uh, you're a fasting guy, you like the whole idea? And we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, ever since I, okay, let me just give you a little bit of background here, sure. Patrick, and then I'll explain uh, the fasting aspect. But um, one of the main reasons I went into medical school is because of my poor health growing up. I had horrible asthma allergies. I was known as the bubble boy because I was allergic to literally everything. Um, and I was on, you know, inhaled corticosteroids, uh, a pill that I took every night and I had a rescue inhaler wow. well into adulthood. And so I went into medical school thinking, okay, I'm going to learn how the human body really works. And then I'll be able to figure out how we can reverse these diseases and help people to truly become healthy. When I was in medical school during a physiology lecture, about lungs and lung health, um, I asked my professor, is it possible to reverse asthma or do, does somebody need to be on these drugs the rest of their life? Uh -huh. And he told me, he said, no, you can't reverse it. You can only manage it. And as soon as he said that, I was, I was not happy because I didn't want to be on these drugs the rest of my life. And so I made it my mission to figure out, okay, what is the root cause of disease and what are the most powerful ways of healing and improving the human body? And so it took me on a journey, multiple year journey, thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then one of the most effective techniques for reversing disease is water fasting. Hmm. 
And I'm not talking about intermittent fasting where you just go, uh, you know, 16 hours without eating each day, which I do think that's great. I'm talking more about like, you know, three, four, five, even much, much longer. I think that people can reverse almost any problem if they fast long enough. And so um, I myself have done a 21 day water fast, which to some people they think that's crazy, but it's really not. I mean, we used to have doctors um, in the early 1900s and even the mid 1900s that would fast their patients. Hippocrates fasted his patients. Um, a gentleman by the name of Herbert Shelton fasted tens of thousands of people with amazing results. I mean, you can blood pressure, super easy to, to reverse diabetes. Um, a lot of these autoimmune conditions, cardiovascular disease, when you give your body enough of a rest from digesting and processing and assimilating food, it can devote all of that energy to detoxifying and healing the body. And so I'm launching this website because if you willy nilly a prolonged fast, you know, you could probably safe, safely fast at home five to seven days without any supervision. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get deep into the healing process and go 11, 15, 21 days of water fasting, it's very recommended that you have supervision. And so if you have supervision with somebody who's monitoring your vital signs, making sure you're well hydrated, it's very, very safe. It's very, very effective. I mean, you can't really say that about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> safe, safe and effective. Um, That's a, two lost words in our, in our culture, right? <laughs> safe and effective. For sure. Well, so let's, we'll dig into that. Let's, let me do a break here. We promote a few products. Sure. How we, And this is how we support ourselves with Dr. Grayson Dart. So if you'd like to support us, if you like what we do here, you can buy some of our products, and we have some good ones, uh, some of the best ones that we know in, in the in the field. This one here, we've been, you know, I don't do, I almost everything, let me see how I should say this, I think everything that I put in f um, from uh, extra other than classified food is from a food source, like pine pollen, health velvet antler, uh, all the different herbs from Shen Blossom. But this one is probably the, the one kind of on the edge where uh, they make sulfur through um, DMSO and um, I think hydrogen peroxide is how they put it together. But it's pure and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's the purest sulfur you're going to find anywhere. Most sulfurs have uh, um, some kind of uh, uh, adjuvant in there that helps them to put the powder into an, an encapsulated powder and because most of the sulfurs are also in capsules. So this one doesn't have anything. Uh, the name is not my consciousness at the moment of what that, I used to know what that is and um, it'll come to me. But anyway, so this is a little bit on the sulfur and this is from uh, one of the cool guys ever. He's no longer with us, but Dr. Patrick Flanagan. This conversation took place six years ago with the brilliant Dr. Patrick Flanagan. Is there any trick to remembering uh, dream experiences? And we've had so many people that are remembering more and more vivid dreams after being on the organic sulfur. Yeah. That's, why, why, what is going on there? Well, the first, first thing that happens with the organic sulfur is that when your body gets cleansed uh, to a certain point, you start dreaming in full technicolor. Most people don't dream in color. They dream in black and white and, um, if, if, and don't remember their dreams at all. And the organic sulfur starts cleansing uh, the brain and the pineal gland starts operating and suddenly 
the first thing people uh, do is they have these vivid dreams in color. Well, that's just one of the benefits with our organic sulfur. It's totally pure. Very few are out there that are pure as ours is. You can click an order anytime. OneRadioNetwork.com. If you'd like more than four pounds, email me for 10% or maybe more discount, depending. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. And thanks for your support. Well, you're welcome for your support, Patrick. Thank you. Um, as you as you well know, if you hang out here, this show's what now in our 15th year. And uh, one of our trademarks is it takes a long time to get young, as you may have seen the slide and name of the book that I've been working on for the last 10 years. Sure, good luck with that one, right? And uh, also the name of one of my screenplays. But anyway, uh, we don't think that the uh, the aging, um, whole idea of aging is, is what it's cracked up to be. As a matter of fact, we think it's one of those things in life that it's just made up. So, uh, so you know that. And then the dream thing, we know... Not believe, but we know that dreams are our experiences in another reality, and they're not the Freudian, Jung, Jungian thing saying the mind is just spitting out old images. That's not how it works. It's real, and um, the sulfur. It's it's amazing. I haven't quite figured out why one would remember those experiences more, but I can't tell you how many times over the years people say, "Wow, I'm really remembering my dreams." Uh, so it does something. I don't know what it does. but So if you like, want to remember your dreams, it's a good thing to do because you can learn a lot <clears throat> by remembering your dream experiences. So check out our sulfur. I think you'll like it. Good possibility we'll get into this with uh, our guest Grayson Dart when we get into um, detoxing because this is one of our faves. This is a relaxed far-infrared sauna and we do a sauna every day out of our lives and not that what I do is important because if you do what I do you could be crazy like me and then you know people start to talk about you so be careful but I do a sauna every day this is a a wonderful sauna it's a sit up guys you can see the picture your head is sticking out and in Ayurveda medicine they talk a lot about you don't want to have a a hot head and uh, you know in in a lot of those cultures they, they actually wrap a cold towel around your head so it doesn't heat your brain up as one of my friends used to say, you want a cool head and a hot booty. You know what I mean? So anyway, this is a great song, and it gets hot. I mean, really hot. You'll sweat, put a timer on if you fall asleep. I get in there and talk to God and do my spiritual exercises every night and uh, sing my my special uh, um, charged words and the mantras or whatever you want to call them. And it's a nice way to, to uh, connect with divine spirit uh, before bed. And then I do a cold shower, and it's a really a beautiful thing. Uh, check it out. Uh, we sell them for $1,295 delivered in the United States. $1,295 delivered in the United States. So for those of you that, you know, under um, just not Alaska or Hawaii, and then we ship them all over the world. Just for a reference, if you live in Canada, we have a lot of Canadian listeners. Uh, it's about $200 to get you to Canada, which is pretty good. And Europe, it's generally about 400 yeah. The, 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 the shipping's really gone up because of this whole nonsense they made up. You know, everybody's raising their prices. 
um, and then the Russians did it. So you know, got um, so so say say if you're in Europe, it'd be twelve ninety five plus four in that neighborhood. But just email me, let me know what city you live in, uh, what zip code if you're in this country, and we'll give you the exact price uh, for the relaxed far infrared sauna. Very low EMFs. It's a beautiful machine. Very quiet. I think you'll really like it. Easy to use. Easy to clean. No maintenance. It's the relaxed for our infrared sauna. Now, there's a lot of saunas out there on Amazon and other places that look just like ours. They look just like it. I wonder why. They look just like it. But uh, they're like $700, $800, and I have no idea what heats them up. It's, these are made at a medical university in Taiwan. They've won several awards on the technology, the far infrared light and the heating system and the low EMF. So they know what they're doing. So don't go out there and just spend $400 less and you have no idea what you're getting. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, can, you know that stuff. You know that stuff. Okay. So just email me if you want to get one. That's the only way to get the price is the Relax Far Infrared Sauna, $12.95, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Know the source on one radio. Know the source. That's one of our trademarks. When I was a kid, Doc, I used to be know the sauce, but thank goodness I don't <laughs> do, do that. Anymore. Were you ever a sauce guy when you were a kid? Did you ever drink the devil's brew, the evil rum? You know, uh, a little bit. Um, for me, it's just uh, luck. I mean, I feel lucky, but I just didn't feel very good when I would do it, you know? So, yeah. um, <laughs> so I guess I was more of the uh, devil's lettuce, you know, which huh. would be the, uh, the, the uh, you know, the greenery, the green. <laughs> You're a more green guy. Do you still do more greens now or do you eat aminals? Um, I do both. Do both. Um, I believe in the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of what's known as the optimal omnivore diet, which is, uh, you know, plants that are non-toxic. So I'm, I'm a big fan of fruits. They're the least toxic part of the plant tender leafy greens and then um healthy organs and a little bit of flesh meat as well i see and um yeah i find that for me it works really really well i i know a lot of people that promote raw veganism i know people that promote the carnivore diet um i believe that you know our digestive tracts are very similar to chimpanzees and chimpanzees are omnivores they eat both they eat fruits they eat tender leafy greens and they will hunt animals too so Yeah, you know, I'm doing carnivore now, and and, uh, six months now, and I haven't eaten vegetables, and I got to tell you, I never felt better, but that doesn't mean that it's for everyone. Yeah. You know know what I mean? For sure, for sure. Um, You know, I, uh, how long you been doing it for now, Patrick? Six months, six months. Oh, cool. Yeah, meat and eggs, but I do cheese, uh, goat's milk, pretty creative, some organ meats, liver, you know, that stuff, butter, a lot of butter, a lot of fat. I'm a fathead, man. I just eat a lot of fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the safe way to do it is you got to be in ketosis mostly, yeah. right? Where I think so, Mostly yeah. fat, yeah. a little bit of protein, very few carbs. Um, and, you know, that works for a lot of people too. So right. I'm not I'm not poo-pooing it by any means. Yeah. You know, one thing I've uh, for me, uh, the biggest thing has been, get these hairs off my microphone, is, uh, you know, as I told you before, the show I'm a screenwriter, so I'm, my, i got to use a little, you know, a lot you know but yes. I can really focus uh, and my blood sugar is just like oh, solid you know when I That's eat awesome. carbs you know I get this thing you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> right 
And then, you know, an hour after pasta, I used to, I would be like, you know, brain dead. I just couldn't do anything. You know, much less write on on my book or a screenplay. I just couldn't do it. You know, I was like, so that's when I made the change, when I figured out that this is not working for me. So carbs affect different people in different ways, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of... um I get most of my carbohydrates from, you know, high water content fruit. Fruit. So these are low glycemic load fruits. Um, You know, for instance, like watermelon, it's very high on the glycemic index. I think it's like in the Uh seventies and anything, you know, the higher you go, the, the, the more it's going to spike your blood sugar supposedly, but the glycemic load of watermelon is very low. It's very low. It's like three. So you can eat a lot of watermelon without having a, a spike in your, uh, blood sugar very much. Um, it's those really sugary dense foods and carbohydrate dense foods that will cause a spike in your insulin for sure. And the blood sugar goes up and comes down and you get the brain fog and everything else. So that's amazing. Exactly uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't realize that. Uh, what is the glycemic index? I mean, watermelon is so wow, tasty, but it doesn't do the whole blood sugar thing. Huh? Yeah, so the glycemic index is basically um, how easily a food will, how easily the sugar from a food will get into your bloodstream. Okay. That's kind of the way the glycemic index is. The glycemic load is a much better indicator of what it's going to do to your actual blood sugars. Right. So, um, like for instance, um, you take the glycemic index of a food, you do a calculation, I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, and then you, you determine how much of those carbohydrates are in a certain volume of food. So you have to eat a lot and a lot of watermelon to really spike your blood sugar because it's mostly water. It's like, huh. you know, high 90% water. Yeah. So you can eat a ton of watermelon without spiking your blood sugar. And actually what's interesting is many times people's blood sugars will go down if they are normally insulin sensitive too so there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it how insulin resistant you are um how sensitive to insulin you are um and that there's a lot that goes into determining that you know how hydrated you are how much you exercise Hmm. how metabolically metabolically healthy you are etc so insulin resistance uh my understanding which is you know give me a little um wiggle room here it's the idea when we do too many carbs is sugar then the insulin is uh, out of balance and the body, it doesn't work to lower the blood sugar? Is that how that works? Yeah, so basically it's how well does the the cell of a giving tissue, whether it's your muscle or an organ or anything else, how well does that get the signal from insulin to bring glucose into it, right? And I think that Hmm. there's a lot of factors, you know. What's interesting though is I put people, you you had Jennifer Daniels on just recently. Oh yeah, she's on once a month, yeah. yeah. (laughs) her protocol um the candida cleaner protocol people will actually eat a ton of carbohydrates because you get rid of meat dairy um uh let's see um wheat a few other things but you eat a lot of root vegetables you eat a lot of non-gluten whole grains so you're actually eating a lot of carbs and people's blood sugars will go down their insulin needs will go down. They'll be able to get off their diabetic medication. So I don't think it's simply Carbs. the carbohydrates right. in the food. I think it has more to do with how processed a food is, how toxic a food is, um, and then you know how metabolically healthy you are. So 
I know for a lot of people, if they have a really messed up circadian rhythm, meaning they don't go to bed at a decent hour, they don't get deep sleep, um, their sleep wake cycles off, their insulin sensitivity goes down. So they're more insulin resistant. If you sit on the couch all day long, your insulin sensitivity goes down. Um, if you're stressed all the time, you know, you have those stress hormones like cortisol and epinephrine, your insulin resistance will go up. You know, you won't be as sensitive to insulin. So I think there's a lot of things that go into it. And I do think that the type of food we eat as well can make a big difference. Sure. And I think what you've just said is so um, clear about how challenging it is for our listeners and everybody uh, to figure out what's going on in their body because we got all these moving parts and then of course what we think get into that what we think and what we believe right and if we're afraid sure. and that changes the whole game too I, I i'm just it's amazing to me that on the earth plane these days that there are people not as aren't more sick than they are i mean because there's a lot of challenges you know what i'm saying and plus because oh, you know, doctors you know yeah. god love them they don't know so who are they gonna go True. to you know it's like well, one thing, too, I want to mention, Patrick, is, um, you know, as I've gotten into natural healing and I've studied this and I've seen a lot of people, it actually, things have become much more clear to me, too. I think that a lot of insulin resistance also is de determined by how toxic a person is. Oh. Because when I put someone on a detoxification protocol, mm -hmm. if they are on insulin, if they have type 2 diabetes, if they are checking their blood sugars, all of those numbers will get better when they detox when you well start enough. detoxing yeah yeah when we when we when we put you know detoxing comes in a lot of different forms well, good let's talk um, about it yeah let's talk about some of the things that you you work with people on on detoxing sure. yeah what kind of things you do so you know like uh dr jennifer daniels turpentine protocol for yeah. instance you know right. using turpentine in a safe way to to uh get rid of the schmutz inside of the, the cells schmutz. yeah the schmutz mm-hmm and so when you get rid of all that garbage and, and turpentine is a great tool, you know, um, insulin, blood sugars, those all get better. Um, DMSO, elimination diets, coffee enemas, um, uh, binders, you know, we use binders in the gut to heal the gut. We hmm. increase bowel movements. You know, we want your body to be eliminating very, very well so that it can detoxify well enough. We want your liver to be functioning as optimally as it possibly can because that's the main detoxifying organ. And so we use a lot of different protocols. I would say my favorite ones are Jennifer Daniels turpentine protocol. Uh -huh. um, I love uh, the Gerson therapy, which is basically juicing and coffee enemas. Um, I'm a big fan of elimination diets. And then I think probably the most natural and most powerful is water fasting. Water fasting. Yeah. So, um, well, binders. So, so you, you, you use some binders to get uh, the schmutzic stuff out, <laughs> out, of, out of the gut, out of the colon? Sure, yeah, yeah, to, to detoxify the gut. So, uh, you know, bentonite clay. Huh. Um, um, activated charcoal, zeolite, these type of things to really bind up what's in the gut. Because, you know, if you got toxic old material chilling in your gut tract, right, from your small intestine to your colon, you got 30 feet basically from your mouth to the toilet. So within those 30 feet, you could have a lot of trapped old hard um, stool 
or um, even in the small intestine, we're not exactly sure, but some people believe in this idea of mucoid plaque where it's this layer of Mm. toxic gunk that's just chilling around the small intestine. And um, I've noticed that some people do a lot better when you introduce binders for a certain period of time. Along with that though, you have to be having regular bowel movements because you want to bind the garbage and you want to put it into the toilet. And um, that's that seemed to be helpful in a, in a variety of uh, different cases and, and illnesses. So, so zeolites, if you get a good one, they're 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 good. They bind up with stuff. Zeolite. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Zeolite's a good binder. Um, bentonite clay is a really good binder. Activated charcoal is another one. Um, and then you know, depending on how advanced a person wants to go, if you add in. Um, Oh, what's the active ingredient in Metamucil? I forget. Oh, psyllium husk, psyllium, right? If you, yeah. do, if you do ground up psyllium husk, you know, the powder, not the actual like husks themselves, but what that will do is it will create this gel-like um, material where it'll expand the binders to really stick to the walls of your small intestine and large intestine as well. So adding a little bit of uh, psyllium husk to the mix can make a difference as well. Huh. So when you're doing all this, do folks um, that you work with, do they experience detox, reaction, body aches, stuff like that, a little fever? Sometimes. Sometimes. That's good, Sometimes, though. yeah. That means it's say, working, right? I would say, yeah, totally. Um, you know, we call it a cleansing reaction, right? Like a Herx reaction where the body's just dumping toxins. And um, some people get it, some people don't. You know, the most common I see are kind of like skin manifestations, whether it's a rash or acne or something of that nature. Sometimes people get like brain fog. If that's the case, what I do is I slow down whatever detox protocol we're going on. I make sure they have more bowel movements because if we can put the toxic garbage into the bowels and have them put it into the toilet, then these other reactions slow down. You know, they don't really have any fevers anymore. They don't have skin reactions. Um, they don't have, you know, sometimes people will just feel stressed too, like uh, an increased amount of emotional stress. I almost feel like it's a, whenever you detox the body, you detox the mind and spirit too. Sure. So it's yeah. normal to experience a little bit of a, an emotional reaction, but I want to limit that as much as possible. So I do it in a way that's slow enough, but powerful enough. We want to get into that, that Goldilocks zone. And that's why I really like water fasting because I feel like it's nature's way. If an animal in nature is sick or injured, what they will do is they'll refuse to eat. And so All right. this is probably the most natural way of doing it. And the cleansing reactions are not nearly as severe when someone does a prolonged water fast. Some of them will, you will have, you know, detox reactions and those are normal. These symptoms are just ways that the body is trying to heal. Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Grayson Dart is with us, uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. If you have a question, Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. So um, explain to us, we've all done plenty of them, and they're fun, liver uh, coffee enemas. It's always fun sticking stuff up your bum and, you know, seeing what comes out. Uh, what, what, What really goes on? Have you ever really looked at it? I've never really quite understood. I thought, doesn't the caffeine go up the portal vein or something and do something fun with the liver? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've looked into the research on this and there is limited research, but there is some good evidence though, especially like in animal models. But um, basically the reason for a coffee enema 
is not necessarily the the enema aspect that is just a a bonus really it's to assist your liver so there's multiple things that go on one is yes the caffeine will go through the portal vein um, into the liver and it will dilate the bile ducts so you know the bile ducts that are in the liver also in the gallbladder it will open those up because that's one way that the liver conjugates toxins and eliminates them is through the bile and so it'll basically open up the bile ducts to to decongest the liver on top of that the um, pantothetic acid and other alkaloids in the coffee will go through the portal vein as well and the liver will increase its glutathione production some say 600 to 700 percent so six to seven fold increase wow. in glutathione wow. which is an antioxidant involved in in uh, phase one and phase two of uh, liver detoxification wow that's a lot <laughs> yeah that's a lot so so you're kind of you're you're just basically uh superpowering your liver to do its job even more effectively so you had mentioned the gerson therapy and i've known folks that have done that and and uh, came out of cancer i've known folks that have done that and went to heaven obviously it's sure. a spiritual thing you know depending on yeah. what the soul has got in store for them right so, sometimes it's their time right? uh, yeah sometimes it's time to go you know um it just is but um so do you do we think then um then when we detox or let's just use the big c word you know that there's a 200 there's a two trillion dollar brand name right there or maybe three trillion i don't know what it is it's a lot okay uh, the, the big c word sure. um is um what's your opinion of what these cancer cells are trying to do are they trying to clean up the body damaged tissue and toxins it kind of feels like i keep thinking about that's what's going on what do you think well i learned this from dr andrew kaufman he actually was a physician's assistant for a few years in oncology so he got to see firsthand what was really going on in the oncology world and you know it's it's hard to nail down exactly what cancer is i think there's there's two or three ways of viewing it. You know, Dr. Tom Cowan wrote a whole book on cancer yes, too. And so I'll tell you these different, these different philosophies and then kind of give you what I really think is going on. But, you know, we're told uh, from modern medicine that cancer is, uh, you have these oncogenes which mutate and then the, the nucleus um, has these mutated genes which turns off um, a certain gene and these cells just start to replicate without you know, being controlled anymore. I really don't think that's the case, to be totally honest with you. Um, Dr. Callan's view, which I do agree with quite a bit, is that our whole body is mostly water, mm -hmm. but it's not like we're a giant water balloon, right? It's not like if you stuck a needle in us, we just pop and all the water comes gushing out. Um, what is really going on is that water is very structured. It's very coherent. Um, we're like a big, um, much more complex form of gelatin, right? Like we, we have structure to the water. So as time goes on, there's a lot of things that destructure our water. And the more destructured the water within the cell is, 
the more toxic, the more unhealthy, the less, less well it functions. So Dr. Cowan has this viewpoint that cancer cells have totally lost their structure, which is true. If you mm -hmm. look at it under a microscope, mm -hmm. it's not like a perfect round cell anymore. It's, it's a glob. It's, 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 it's lost its ability to be structured. And so he talks about all the different ways to restructure the water within our body. Um, Dr. Kaufman's viewpoint is that cancer is basically the end stage of toxicity where the human body is now putting toxic cells, dead tissue, um, whatever the case might be in like a nuclear fallout zone, which would be the tumor. And when someone that does have cancer, if they go through a detoxification process deeply enough, many times they can reverse their cancer. But like, as you said, it's not always a guarantee, you know, it's a very spiritual thing. Some people are called sure. to the other side sure. and no matter what we do, it's like, it's not going to work. However, um, in my experience with the cancer patients I've worked with, if we put them on a detoxification protocol that addresses their particular cancer, many times we will see the tumor regress hmm. and many times we'll see a complete remission as well, which totally shocks doctors and oncologists. <laughs> And then you have, I don't know if you know who Dr. Joe Dispenza is. I've heard um, of him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we've ever talked to him, but I know him. Yeah. So he uh, views it as an energetic thing. You know, the, the lower our energy is, the more condensed we become. And that's kind of what a tumor of a cancer cell is, like this very condensed tumor. It's very hard, you know, like someone with breast cancer, they know. It's like this part of the tissue becomes very, very hard. And so he uses meditative techniques to raise the energy and the frequency of a person. And I've, I've talked to these people myself when they, when their consciousness increases and the energy of their mind and body gets to a higher spot. Many times that, that cancer cell goes away. Sure. Those cancer tumors just reverse. No right? doubt. No doubt about it. No. Doubt. There's definitely an energetic thing yeah. going on too. Right. I, I don't think there's any, well, for me, I, I you know I've been studying this forever too, and I think it's all a spiritual issue myself. I think that you can you could heal anything if you just get together with divine spirit and figure out what you're attached to, and, you know, <laughs> what traumas yeah. you haven't dealt with, and you know the whole thing. Oh yeah, I think the body will just it's. I know that's been working for me. It just clears it out, you know. You know, there's a really interesting story that I, that I heard from Dr. Kaufman. Very, yeah. very interesting. He knew a gentleman that was a psychiatrist. He was diagnosed with um, an advanced rectal cancer. And um, this, this psychiatrist, he strictly did spiritual work. Mm -hmm. And he made this connection to a childhood trauma that he had where his father kicked him in his rear end really hard, yeah. right in his butt, yeah. and embarrassed him in front of a lot of people. And when he processed that trauma and came to grips with it and was able to forgive his father and um, forgive himself for the shame that he had, his rectal cancer basically yeah, disappeared. I don't doubt it. Strictly spiritual work. Yeah, so, spiritual work, yeah. Yes. And, but as you said, too, I used to think it was always just as above, so below. But I think it works backwards, too. It feels mm. like as we do things, a detox and, t you know, eat the, the right appropriate food for us that it helps soul who we are kind of feel better right look better think better think more clearly so i think it helps both goes back and forth too does that make sense i think so yeah 
Yeah. yeah, the way that I view it too, just like what you said, like, you know, we're, we're mind, body. Okay, how about this? Body, mind, and spirit. Yes. You start to heal the body. Well, the mind and spirit come with it because we're, we're a human soul, right? We're all connected. So when I put people on detoxification protocols, a lot of times they'll have an emotional detox or a spiritual yes. or a mental detox too, right. where they'll... Right. Um, they'll they'll heal on a much deeper level than just physical right and that's kind of my specialty is like hey here let's do the physical stuff i'm not really uh, well versed enough to tell you what to do spiritually or mentally necessarily but just beware that this is not only going to heal your body this is going to heal your soul as well right. and so i agree with you as above so below but as below so above maybe right that's i think it all, well it. if it's all connected it's all connected right yeah it would be you know make no reason to think uh well you remember uh you probably know do you know dr hammer or german new medicine stuff yeah i mean yeah absolutely he he, he did fantastic work with trauma and uh, his son was killed with a gun accident and he got testicular cancer two yeah. months later and he said there's got to be a connection and he went on a whole lifetime of work uh knowing that trauma is really initiated these people and once they got oh, yeah. the trauma like the fellow got kicked in the butt it, 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 it yes, clears up yeah. and he and he proved definitely. it too with brain scans i mean come on it's like whoa definitely definitely no i think that um you know as as we're talking about uh, cancer you know there's always a, i feel like there's this toxicity issue but we also like there's always a deeper level there's always a spiritual component to it as well that it, it doesn't really make sense to doctors, but to the person going through it, you know, once they heal that spiritual aspect, a lot of times the, the that's kind of a root cause. And, you know, some people said, too, that uh, people with like a you know, you've heard of a type personalities. Sure, well, there's sure. like a C type personality where it's this person who just instead of expressing all their emotions and, and letting them out, they kind of repress everything. They repress all these emotions. And these are the types of folks that tend to get cancer often. Or like, huh. you know, women with breast cancer, I've heard that these women with breast cancer tend to put their family and the, their, their loved ones way ahead of themselves. Yes. And so they have this like repressed um, resentment that because they're putting everybody else in front of themselves, they have this resentment deep down inside. And it's a process of like, you know, starting to put yourself first and love yourself and then love other people too, which is very difficult. I mean, in my wife, you know, uh, as a mother, it's very natural to put your kids ahead oh, of, of yourself. That's, you know, what you sacrifice yourself that's what they do for, for a living. <laughs> that's what moms do. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I and and it, it makes sense. Uh, the German New Medicine people say, well, then the breast is a nurturing part of the body, mm. so that of course yes. is where it's going to show up. And Doctor Hammer with his son and reproduction, and you maybe yeah. you know the whole yeah. thing. Uh, I know a, a, a good friend of mine that she was going through a thing uh, with uh, um, trying to take care of her father, and and she was just being stressed out because of it. And, and he wasn't really being very helpful, and she got clear on that, just got real clear on it, that she was kind of resenting, you know, doing it, even though she wanted to take care of him more than anything, but she was hurting herself, like you just said. And once she got yeah. clear on that, the, the, the breast lump went away. Just, boom. Wow. Just went away. Good night. Good night. Amazing. 
Yeah, that that is interesting. You know, I've looked a little bit into German new medicine, and I think the biggest impact it's made on me is just realizing the the mental, spiritual, psycho spiritual aspect of uh, diseases. You know, and how we always have to consider that. Yeah, I mean, look how many people probably came up uh, symptomatically with COVID that doesn't exist mm. because they're afraid. I mean, probably yes. millions of people. Yep. No, fear, I think, uh, you know, I could be totally wrong here, Patrick, but I, I want to say that the lungs and the emotion of fear go hand in hand. Um, I could be totally wrong on that, so you might want to look that up, but I, I, I know that there's the, that each organ of the body has some sort of an emotion attached to right. it, right? In Chinese medicine, I think fear is grief and kidneys is fear. That's in Chinese medicine. I don't know. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know if that's what you're wrong. thinking of. Yeah, it, but, yeah, but I've known, I've known people that have been fearful and it goes right to their stomach too. So I don't think it's a, you know, sure. I don't think it's a, a textbook kind of thing. Well, fear of kidney, and you know, <laughs> I think it's going to show up anywhere. You know, for me, the more I look at it, it's it's uh, living in a body. It's simply tension. You know, tension. Just being tense that something can get us. You know, being tense that there's whatever nuclear war or terrorism or germs or the irs or whatever i think it's just hard on the whole body you know what i'm saying i think that could definitely, it's keeping definitely. it's helping us to get toxic as well does that make sense absolutely 100 percent. and i think that in order to heal in any case it's very difficult for the body to heal if it's in a flight or fight mode right right when it's stressed and it's running from the bear the body doesn't want to spend its energy on repairing and healing and, and detoxing because you have a bear that's chasing you and you want to survive. So if I can help somebody to get to a point where they're more in the rest and digest, which is like the parasymp parasympathetic nervous system, we really want to have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system balanced. Um, they're both very important. You know, you don't want to just completely get rid of the sympathetic nervous system. You want to balance them out. And I feel like in today's age, because of uh, electronics and modern lighting and just modern living in general, the body doesn't really feel safe very much, you know? Right. And so right. when it's not in this sense of safety, it's going to be really difficult to heal. You have to, you have to be in a safe place. So meditation, breath work, doing things where you are in a, a state of surrender. These are all very helpful to yeah. um, healing the body. And that's why I love water fasting too, because I recommend people rest as much as they can while they're fasting, because we don't, in our society, we don't take the opportunity to rest very much anymore. Right? Yeah. Like we're constantly on the go. We, we got to make the money. We got to provide. We got to, we got to get more and more and more. So just to sit back and rest as much as possible can be very healing for folks. Yeah. When, when you do water fasting, um, do you do enemas? Do you got to keep the bowels going? How, how do you work with that? Yeah. So um, I'm not a big fan of doing a lot of enemas. If you want to do one or two during that time, that's fine. But basically what ends up happening is um, the best way to do it is to prepare for the fast. So for like a week before, I recommend a very clean very clean eating as much as possible because when you do fast your your bowels in general the gut will just stop you yeah. know you won't be digesting anything you won't be moving anything along it's resting and so 
if we do a lot of enemas during that time, we kind of are stimulating the bowels to do stuff when in, in all actuality, it should be resting as much as possible. Now, if you have some like old fecal matter or some hard stuff stuck in the rectum or in the descending colon, like an enema or two can be a good way to help you just to be a little bit more comfortable. Um, but you, we don't need to be doing a lot of enemas during water fasting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, do, you, do you do saunas, dry brush massage, that kind of stuff too? I think those are great during a fast. Um, not so much because um, you know, you, deplete, yeah, it's yeah. depleting your electrolytes. It's dehydrating you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And um, that makes it's hard sense. to stay really hydrated if you're not eating, right? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So you drink. I guess uh, during the water fast, you just advise folks just to drink as much water as they want, or you know, for most people, uh, we we start off around four liters, which is a gallon of water a day. Whoa. But the way you drink it is very important. Oh, good. The way tell you us. drink it. Yeah, so, tell us. <laughs> so you want to sip your water slowly. Um, now, there's two ways to do this. One is you can you can do like eight ounces of water every half hour if you would like, or literally every couple of minutes. You know, you're taking a gulp or two. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Just drink it up. And if you sip slowly throughout the day, you raise your blood volume slowly enough to where, you know, your capillaries can be filled with fluid so that you maintain a good blood volume. Because that's really the only dangerous part of water fasting is becoming dehydrated. So there's a very specific way to drink your water. Um, There's a very specific amount that you should be drinking. And we can tell through the pulse pressure, which is your, your systolic minus your diastolic, we can tell how high your blood volume is ah. and then we can also tell by your your pulse and temperature and other things if you're well hydrated mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. usually people's water needs the longer they fast will go up hmm. Interesting. and so at some point some people will end up drinking five to six liters a day just to constantly keep themselves well hydrated to get the most out of their water fast and is there any magical and I'm not number? a big fan of dry fasting either yeah i was going to ask you about that see you're just reading my mind here you know that's no fair uh but uh, uh is there any kind of magical uh, days that one has? How do you know when to stop? When to stop the fast? Yeah, when you stop the fast, yeah. So there's several ways to determine that. Um, one is if, you know, if, if you become, okay, so let me let me tell you this real quick. So one, okay. one indicator is the longer you fast, the more you're, tongue will become coated with this white stuff oh it's just a way that the body is eliminating it's eliminating through the mucous membrane so your tongue will become coated and um you know historically like uh, dr tilden who was a, a doctor in the late 1800s early 1900s herbert shelton uh-huh. when the tongue would clear up that's when they knew that the fast was completed huh. and then they would refeed and um you know that that was their indicator to know that the fast was completed um you know you want to fast as short as possible but as long as needed right like you don't want to fast you don't need to fast longer than you actually have to but um, people like lauren lockman who has a fasting retreat center down in costa rica he's found that pretty much everybody benefits highly from a 21 day water fast 21 but if you have an advanced you have an advanced condition like cancer or um, like a like multiple sclerosis or liver disease or something of that nature. Twenty six days seems to be even more impactful. Now, if you weigh a lot, right? You're very obese. 
you can go much, much longer, hmm. you know, 40 days fasting yeah. and you can do just fine. So, oh. um, yeah, these numbers are kind of mind blowing to regular folks that are not experienced in water fasting, right? Like that, that's crazy, but your body has enough fats, it has enough energy and it has enough minerals and vitamins to keep you alive for, you know, the average person, it's at least 60 to 70 days before you go into starvation. And what starvation is, is basically when the body starts using vital tissue for energy. Um, it will, it will, it will reserve that vital tissue until it absolutely has to eat itself up. So 60 days, right? The average person goes 60 days without getting into starvation. Wow, that's crazy. So, um, so the dry fasting folks, uh, they talk about a thing called autophagy. Autophagy? Yeah. Auto yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is that? And uh, you don't agree with that principle or what they're no, saying? No, I agree with autophagy. <laughs> I agree with it big time. But I don't agree necessarily with dry fasting because um, that's, when, that, that's pretty much the time when things can become dangerous is when you become dehydrated. Uh. So, you know, if you dry fast for a few days, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that won't be sure. very damaging to the body but um a lot of people have hurt themselves with dry fasting and i, I know one lady um in the health alternative health world died doing a prolonged dry fast um i can't remember what her name was off the top of my head but um you know water never caused the disease in the first place so it's okay to drink water and you know animals in nature when they're sick or injured and they're fasting they will drink water too so it's natural to stay hydrated yeah um and one of the reasons they th that the dry fasters promote dry fasting is because they they believe that if you drink water it starts the process of digestion but looking into some of the research it's only when you drink a large bolus of water to make the stomach stretch which will then release gastrin that the process of digestion starts to occur so, that's so as why long you as do you don't the, drink that's why you do the intermittent with sipping. water oh interesting yes, exactly that's good information good for you that's good stuff yeah here's an email from emily she's in the great state of california well god love you emily um can you ask the doctor so if i don't want to do fasting or detoxing are there things i can take just to get rid of the yuck stuff as patrick says the yuck stuff going into my body so are there things does do these zeolites and other things help with that if you're not going to do anything else do you think yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you could do, I mean, that's still a way to detox. So if you don't want to detox, it's kind of hard to uh, get rid of the yuck stuff, right? Because yeah. huh? that's how you get rid of the yuck stuff. That's but, how you do it. Um, light detoxing or easy detoxing, you know, you could easily do binders. Um, you can increase uh, your liver production through certain things. You know, one of my favorites is milk thistle. Yeah. Vitamin C well, or like high sulfur foods. Mm-hmm. Those will help your liver to function better or just increasing your bowel movements, you know, finding a way to mm -hmm. eat better foods, exercise more, stay well hydrated. Um, you know, you can do an enema, you know, every so often to increase your bowel output. Those things are kind of easy ways to detox or just become more well hydrated, too. That's another way. Yeah. Do, do folks move around, exercise, uh, resistance training, those kind of things during a, a fast? Um, it's best to rest as much as possible. Is it? Mm -hmm. um, now, for, for me, I actually did go on a few little walks um, and, and stayed a little bit active. But 
the, the principle is the conservation of energy. So if you are going to do a water fast where you are going to, you're basically going to do a healing protocol. You want to make that protocol as effective as possible. So you want all of the energy that is within your own body to go towards detoxing and healing. So if it has to spend energy exercising or walking or, you know, even reading and watching television and speaking and talking and there's a lot of things that take up our energy so as much as possible now it, it's tough to become a hermit and just sit there and close your eyes and say nothing and do nothing right that's that's tough work but it is worth it to rest as much as possible during your fast wow. that way you you take all that energy you conserve it towards detoxing eliminating and healing the human body we just go to Fiji and just hang out on the beach, you know, for three weeks. That'd be cool. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. What's the longest you've ever fasted? Oh. So I've done a 21-day water 21? fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. How much weight and, you did know, you uh, lose? Uh, How much weight did you lose? I think I lost uh, 23 pounds. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, within a within a few weeks, I gained like ten pounds back pretty quickly because you know you, you you get those minerals and you get the the you basically rehydrate all your tissues really really well when you refeed. Um, but yeah, I lost twenty three pounds. Some people, um, you know, lose even more than that within twenty one days. Thirty five pounds. Like the more you have to lose, the more you're going to lose. Right. Now, about day five of fasting is when the body switches over mostly to ketosis because you're still breaking down muscle tissue for glucose because your brain, your spleen, and you know men, their, their testicles, they need glucose to function. About day five, it's mostly ketosis coming from body fat. But about day 10 or 11 is when it's switched, basically it's maxed out in its ketosis. So day 10 or 11 is when that happens. And um, that's when people notice like the mental powers, you know, your, your mind becomes crystal clear. Your brain is using ketones. You probably notice that being on a ketogenic diet yeah, too, right? Really? Um, and then that's, that's, uh, that's kind of considered the deepest part of the work. The longer you can stay in that zone, the more of a healing effect it's going to have on you. So that's why, you know, doing at least 10 to 11 days will make a big difference for you. If you go longer, you're going to get more benefit out of it. And, I did fast years ago. I did a, a three-week guy, and my experience was that the healing kind of happened because I became more aware of the soul-mind-body connection thing, and then you mm -hmm. actually see kind of dumb stuff uh, that you're holding on to that is not you, right? And you say, well, I don't need to believe yeah. that anymore, right? Boom. Or, you know, stuff comes up from the subconscious of some fears or something. You say, wow, I didn't know I was afraid yeah. of afraid of caterpillars or whatever, you know, something like that. And then you let that go and then you heal. I think that's how it works. Oh, definitely. I think that's uh, the, really? the spiritual, the mind-body uh, aspect of, of fasting is very, very important too because, I mean, everybody, not everybody, but most people will make connections that they would never been able to make before. When you're in that fasted state, you're in a you're in a higher spiritual zone, I think. So definitely some spiritual benefits as well. So how long did you fast for, Patrick? What's oh, your I longest think, fast? Uh, three weeks. Uh, three weeks, and that was in nineteen eighty, uh, early eighty something. Like, I was in Austin, you know, wow. being a hippie. 
and just did a yeah. did a twenty one day deal. I had some supervision, nice. a spiritual teacher of mine, and and it was pretty easy. I I, um, I wasn't hungry after two or three days. I just wasn't hungry. It was a breeze. It's much easier than people think. It really is it much easier than you think it's going to be. I think I did for a while. I think I did the lemon juice thing, the master fast thing, yeah. and then I I let that go too. Does that work? The master, what is it? The lemon juice, cayenne, and uh, um, yeah, I've heard of these maple uh, syrup. different types. Yeah, the master. Yeah, exactly. They call it the master cleanse. Yes, yes. Well, I think that there's definitely probably an aspect of uh, cleansing that goes on with that, but you're really not fasting because you're taking nutrients taking into your body, sugar, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, you're taking uh, minerals. You're taking glucose. You're taking. Uh, you're still taking some nutrients, so the body never fully goes into fasting mode. That's why it's important to just drink water because you want to go deep, as deep into fasting mode as possible, which fasting has been around for eons, right? It's been around for whatever. That's what biology is all about. We've had feasts. We've had famines. Um, human beings have fasted all the way up until probably just recently. You know, there's some people who've never gone an entire day without eating. Can you believe that? That's just crazy. That we just... <laughs> part of our biology not to eat sometimes right <laughs> right i have a i have a furry uh four-legged friend lying next to me one of my best friends and uh she'll she'll do every now you know probably once a week she just doesn't eat put the food out yeah or she'll go lay down on a little bed in the dining room saying i don't i'm not hungry and i don't even put the food out i get that she tells me and sometimes two days i've seen her go three days that's it i'm not hungry i'm fine and as soon as I figured that out a few years ago, I didn't try to force food on her, you know, like a dad. You know, come on, yeah. you got to eat. And they know what they're doing. <laughs> they, they know what they're doing, you know. Oh, yeah. No, uh, one of the early authors on uh, prolonged fasting, Herbert Shelton, he grew sure. up on a farm. And he was very fascinated with whenever an animal was sick, the they animal eat. wouldn't eat. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it's part of the healing process. And, and nowadays, you know, humans, when we're sick, it's like, Oh, chicken noodle soup, and uh, <laughs> right. here's more food for you. You know, even though we go, you know, liquid is better, I guess. But um, even little children, you know, intuitively, like my girls, I have twin girls that are two years old. Um, one of them wasn't feeling very well the other day, and uh, she just didn't eat. And the next day, she's like totally back to her old self. She's you know? fine. So yeah, yeah. 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 Intuitive, I think, part of the healing process. Yeah. So she she just wasn't hungry, and you you knew better than to try to. Why would why would you need to eat? What's that going to do, right? <laughs> At that point, uh, this is from uh, Cleo. That's a great name. I I don't know where she lives. At the beginning of the show, your guest talked about uh, as she eats more fruit than plants. Don't most fruits have or over uh, genetically modified or hybridized she says in parentheses to have more sugar than we need hmm. there probably is a case of uh, that going on that's why i'm a big fan of uh, as natural as possible organic you know non-genetically modified i know the fruits have been hybridized you know a banana today is not the same as a banana same thing, 200 yeah. years ago right yeah. um well, bananas are also high glycemic load fruits, which I recommend people stay away from. Um, but definitely, you know, the plants will produce toxins to discourage animals from eating them. And they will put those toxins in the roots, 
the stems and sometimes the leaves. Now, if, if the leaf is tender and, and, and it's green, those have less toxins in them, but plants do not put very many toxins in fruit because they want animals to eat that part of the plant in order to spread the seed to in spread order seeds, to right. spread yeah. its DNA. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Pretty cool. Um, the seeds themselves will have anti-nutrients and toxins. We're talking like lectins, we're talking goitrogens. Um, there's a bunch of fancy names for these plant defense chemicals. You can look them up online and, and look at and see what all of them are. Um, so, you know, like kale and uh, other vegetables will tend to have higher amounts of these. That's why it's a good idea to cook these foods so that we denature the toxin. Um, but in fruits, there's no need to cook them because that's what nature designed for us, right? Like I said before, the chimpanzee and the bonobo, they have almost the same digestive tract as humans do. And so what do they eat? Well, they they go for the fruits, man. They, they go for fruits, they go for tender leafy greens, and then occasionally they will go and they will hunt smaller primates and squirrels and different animals for the organ meats and the flesh meat and everything else as well. So. Um, but I'm not saying that the, the optimal human diet is up for debate. You know, it's an impossible question to answer. I'm just kind of giving you my philosophy sure, of what I I've understand. seen work for people. And uh, more and more, everybody's figuring out that everybody has to figure it out for themselves. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I mean, yeah. I, could, I could give you 50, 30 different diets and have 30 different guests in a month. And, you know, people <laughs> say, what are you making me crazy for? I don't know who, I don't know who to believe. And everybody's yeah. going to figure that's the spiritual journey, I think, part of it too, isn't it? Uh, of figuring Definitely. out for ourselves what, what, what works for us. I mean, that's, that's the way it goes. Absolutely. Everybody's individual. Things work for other people. You know, one example, and, and I'm not trying to promote this necessarily, but there's some people who live well beyond 100, and it's not like they had a clean life necessarily as far as what they ate and drank and some of them smoked and different things as well so um i think diet is just part of the equation there's so much more to it and and even then it's like is the goal really to live to 100 or is it to live our most optimal life right if i if i lived a healthy strong happy life and i died at 70 I'd much rather do that than live to 100 being plagued with illness and sickness and disease right sure. Living a life so, of quiet desperation, as they say. I mean, that's no fun. I mean, who wants to do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can, you, uh, can we do one more quick break and then we'll wrap it up with you? Can we do that? Yeah, yeah. Let's. Yep, I got to kind of get going here in the next little bit, so that'll be perfect. Okay, let's do it. Okay, yeah, let's just do that real quick. And and uh, uh, I wanted to do this one because uh, we have on the schedule to do one more on the sauna, even though the doc doesn't do it for for fasting, but... We think it's a great thing to detox. And uh, the fourth phase, uh, the water thing kind of came up with Dr. Cowan, and we had uh, Dr. Pollock on to talk about that. I was going to play this just so uh, for uh, Dr. Dart to hear it. I think he'll find it interesting. Sure. Let me see if I can figure out what I'm, do- what I'm doing here. Okay. Here's physicist, biologist, chemist, Dr. Gerald Pollock on far infrared saunas. Infrared uh, energy is what builds this fourth phase of water. And the idea of a sauna, you know, you go in and you sweat and you, you receive this infrared energy and you feel great after you, uh, after you come out. I felt uh, the same and so have so many people. And most of us think, well, you know, it's just uh, some sort of psychological issue and it, 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 it might be. However, 
experimentally, we know that infrared energy builds the fourth phase. Your cells should be or should be filled with this fourth phase, but uh, but you know we're, we tend to be somewhat dehydrated uh, and missing some of this this fourth phase. And so, what happens is if you subject yourself to infrared, the infrared is absorbed by your body, absorbed by your cells, and it converts ordinary water to fourth phase water and then you feel better how cool is that structuring the water in your body i think it's pretty cool i mean I, I, you know, i'm buying in the net man uh, we love this uh, this this product and if you'd like to get one all you got to do is email me patrick at one radio network.com patrick one radio network.com and structure your water right in your body and you know you'll like it um Dr. Cowan loves that one. He just thinks it's cool. Uh, let's see. We've got to do this, and then we'll be back with to wrap it up with Dr. Dart. Drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now, I'm going to be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day, and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. We love this product. I think you will too, uh, Daniel. We've been promoting uh, this colostrum for, gosh, I don't know, close to 15 years now. Taking my share. Now they have four flavors. They have the original, and then vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. And you, if you know Daniel Vitalis, everything the the quality is like, uh, you know, the flavors are just real chocolate or real strawberry you know real stuff not anything out of a lab so it's, it's a great product the kids like it you can make smoothies with it and do coconut milk or almond milk or milk milk whatever you like and uh, i think you i think you'll enjoy it and there's all different sizes and any survival link on one radio network.com will get you uh to the um the colostrum don't forget about pine pollen and elk velvet antler when you go there, two of my favorite kind of things. Uh, why didn't that work? Oh, I pressed the wrong button. That's why it didn't work. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, we've had a good time talking with Dr. Grayson Dart. He's with us. He's out of the great state of Utah. And um, 
working with uh, Andrew Kaufman, doing some. Uh, you, what kind of work are you doing with Andrew? I wasn't real clear about that uh, when you. Yeah, so we have um, we have an online clinic basically oh. where people can do health consultations. Yeah, so if you go to his website, um, Andrew Kaufman, MD, and um, you can you can book a consultation with 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 me. I think he's taking a break from consultations right now, but uh, that way we can you know get to the root of your problem. We can figure out what's wrong with you and um, give you a protocol to follow. And uh, we have really good success with pretty much any anything <laughs> so even moving to... forward say if people watch this podcast in december and january which they will because people watch them how would they book an appointment from you with you later on uh, to see the same thing uh, with andrewkaufman.com you can yeah you can you can contact me through uh, andrew kaufman's website you can also if you're interested in water fasting you yeah. can go to lostartoffasting.com and um, there you can, you know, you'll see a webinar and you can book a time with me to discuss your case and we can see if water fasting is good for you. Um, and then you can follow me on like social media. It's Dr. Grayson Dart. So Dr. Grayson Dart. And, um, you know, you can look me up on different social media platforms and see what I'm up to. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, if I, I, I'm 122 soaking wet. So if I did water fasting for 21 days, I'd probably be in a, uh, um, concentration camp mode. I probably don't want to. Don't. <laughs> well, actually, Patrick, let me. Let me. How tall are you? Uh, five eight. Five eight. Okay. So, um, when I actually did my fast, I fasted with a gentleman who was six foot tall, one hundred twenty seven pounds. He crushed his twenty one day fast. And many times, uh, people who are underweight. I don't know if I would consider you underweight. I think I'm pretty just eight, right. Yeah, just right for me. Yeah, yeah, you're doing just fine. Yeah you actually end up being able to assimilate your nutrients better. So for people who are underweight, this actually is a way like, yes, you will lose weight, but then following the fast, you digest and assimilate your nutrients better and you go, you get to your healthy weight faster. So it's definitely the best way to lose weight, but it's also a technique to help people to gain weight as well, because they just don't have the the ability to assimilate their nutrients as well and that's what fasting does it resets the whole program yeah so i think i've been this weight for i don't know 40 years same you know I just, perfect i don't change perfect. you know i wonder wherever i eat it's just the same <laughs> it did and you know it hasn't changed a, a dot you know i've got one of those um what do you call it talk those uh digital scales yeah yeah and it's within point two or three of every day that crazy? It just doesn't change. It just, hey, you're 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 consistent, Patrick. You know whatever what I eat, you know, just bring it on, just bring it on. I eat anything. Yeah, I've been trying awesome. to kind of work towards the uh, one meal a day thing, but I just really sure. get hungry, and I feel like if I'm really getting hungry, is in my body kind of saying, "Well, better eat something here, kid." There's the, there's the OMAD one meal a day, yeah. which. Um, you know, I, I think works for a lot of people, uh, yeah. especially in the carnivore world. Uh, you know, Dr. Kiltz, I don't know if you've ever heard of sure, him. Sure, he's been on the show. Yeah. Has he? And, yeah. and Dr. And, Chafee um, and all those guys, they've all been on the show. But they've got muscles, man. You know, uh, I'm just a little kid, you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> then, then there's this idea of like, you know, um, leptin resistance. Right. I think that some people who are leptin resistant, so if you just like, constantly are craving food you can't lose weight um what we need to do is reset your leptin so i actually recommend people eat breakfast 
they eat a small uh, a smaller lunch and they eat a light dinner so three meals a day but the biggest meal is actually breakfast to kind of get your leptin reset yeah. once the leptin's reset you can consider going back to to omad um that's that's kind of more in line with like the circadian rhythm of uh of feeding because it's a signal to your circadian rhythm light food and temperature are the big biggest signals to get our circadian rhythm optimized light food and is there any uh, truth to the idea on a um intermittent fasting the some of these people promote the idea that we produce more stem cells and that's kind of a good thing yeah yeah Is i'm a big true? fan of intermittent fasting too yeah doing like a, a, a 16 hour window of fasting or right. an 18 hour window or whatever or if you do omad you know you're going even longer right you're going like you yeah they like go like 20 hour hours window yeah 20 feet. hours yeah <laughs> yeah some so, of these guys yeah. we've talked to they do like two pounds of steak and butter and and they, they you know chafee like in australia he's crazy but he looks great. Of course, he's just a young kid. He's like probably 30 or something, 35. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, people, you can do anything when you're 35, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? You got to see the people who are a little older that are doing it and yeah, to determine. But no, I think that it's, it, we, we've had ancestors that survived off animal foods too, you know? Oh, We've had yeah, ancestors mostly, right? that have survived. I think, right. honestly, I think the human body is an omnivore. Like we can eat meat, we can eat plants as well we can eat oh sure we can eat fruit uh, but at the same time what's the optimal diet that's kind of a personal question for each individual um i don't really uh get too hard-headed when it comes to that so yeah, what's the point you know i mean like you know, what's the well, it would just be an ego three thing trying to convince somebody that what you're eating is right exactly that, that, the is, ego identification yeah, with the diet is, and the ego thing with the four dollars will get you a half a cup of coffee at starbucks you know <laughs> well, Doctor exactly. uh, Grace uh, Dart, it's really great, uh, nice to talk to you, Grace and Dart. Thanks for being here. If you'd like to contact him, you could do it through his website that is coming up soon, which is lostartoffasting.com in the next few days, and also then with andrewkaufman.com, andrewkaufman.com. Right. Well, thanks for spending so much time with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's been fun. All right. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah. It's been great being with you today. Take care. Take care of yourself. Okay, bye-bye. Dr. Dart, Patrick Tempone, OneRadioNetwork.com. He's a cool guy, huh? Yeah, man, if I'm going to ever do the fasting, I'm going to be calling him, saying, what's up with that? Yeah, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon <clears throat> for me, but uh, I, I'm sure it'd be a wonderful thing for so many people to fast, but learned a lot from him. So uh, what do you say we take a little break here and do a little intermittent uh a talk show fast for maybe uh, 20 hours or so till 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. That would be 22 hours, Patrick. And uh, when we're going to be visited by um, Steve Falconer. So we'll be talking about anything from uh, the fact that I don't think he believes we're spinning around the sun. Yeah, he's one of those. Yeah. Uh, nuclear war to all kinds of germs. I don't think he's not a germ theory guy. So he's probably, you know, going to be great fun to talk to. And uh, we, we talked to him about three or four weeks ago, three or four months ago. But uh, his name is uh, Steve Falconer. Uh, he's going to be here tomorrow, 10 o'clock. And then we'll probably do something, you and I, after that. So, see, it's going to be a great day. I'm going to go sit out in the sun and do some screenplay work and uh, study. And I will see you in uh, 22 hours or so, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Thanks for your participation, 
in our uh, weekend uh, fun-filled um, Black Friday sales. That was good. Good stuff. And um, uh, let us know if we can help with anything, anything at all, and we're, we're here for you. My email address is patrick at one radio network.com. Patrick at one radio network.com. Where's the slide I'm looking for? And uh, you know what? Whatever. Here it is. Take care of yourself. I love you all very much. Thank you. And uh, be well. And I'll see you in the morning. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.